Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a Photog adventure of your own. It's episode 32. Welcome to the Photog Adventures podcast, everybody. Hey. Hey guys, we're back again. And this time we are actually not talking about astrophotography. We are taking a break from astrophotography for a moment. Well, I, I take that back. The listener Photog Adventures astrophotography related. Yeah, because we actually did some astrophotog just the other day. So. <laughs> so yeah, we are definitely hitting up a lot of astrophotography in the podcast, and today we're doing landscape photography, and maybe not even so much landscape photography as much as we're going to talk about photography, principles, design principles in general. Yeah, so today we have with us uh, Jordan Younts. Is that right? Did I That's spell it. Right? Yeah. Did I pronounce that <laughs> First time's a charm. All right. <laughs> Did I spell awesome. that correctly? You said Did it I spell that right? Yeah. <laughs> if you squint I'm sure your ears. Is, if I squint my ears, did I hear that right? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're a Flight of the Concords <laughs> fan, but... Uh, oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so do you remember the part where he dates an Australian and her name is Keitha? Yes, 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 I do, actually. <laughs> Keitha? Kevina. Kevina? Yeah, Kevina. Did you say it right? If you squint your ears. <laughs> All right. That's our fun. That's what we're Anyways. <laughs> we, we, when we go out on our trips, we rewatch all the funny bad lip reading songs we like, and then we rewatch all the Flight of the Concord scenes we like. And so we just kind of hit that over and over and I, over again. I have, the, I have the Flight of Concords playlist on my phone right now that I could just start, <laughs> start playing if you want me to. What's nice. the first song? The Girl in the Room? Pretty uh, Jenny. Yes. Jenny. I like Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> so Jordan runs the um, Picture Monk blog and podcast, and he does that about once a month, you said? Blogs, it's it's mainly videos that I pop out on, on, the, on the blog, but uh-huh. uh, podcasts I try to get um, every other week. It used to be every oh, okay. week, okay. Uh, but it's about every other week. Sometimes it's a little longer depending on the schedule, but... Uh, but I try to get a good, good topic, good solid topic out there every couple weeks. Nice. Awesome. Where are you located, and how how long have you been doing Picture Monk? Located in Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, I've been doing uh, Picture Monk stuff for probably over two years. And it hasn't really. It, it started off as like a really uh, strict thing where you know I, I made sure to have. I think I actually talked about this in my, one of my very earlier podcasts where I wanted to make sure I had a written article out on Mondays. Um, I wanted to make sure I had like a product review out on Wednesdays or something. I had a video out, mm. a tutorial out on a Friday uh, right. and all this stuff. And I, I just wanted to have some structure to it. Uh, but then it became more like a job and I did not really want to have, you know, uh, something that it was, I just didn't really want to have something that was holding me back from actually having the fun of photography. Right. 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 And so I, I made sure, I made sure to kind of get a little slack with that. And, uh, I think it's worked out pretty well. I mean, I wish I could do more with it, but it's, it's getting there. Nice. Someday, someday you'll be able to do that and it'll still be fun because you won't be jamming it in at night. 
Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice to wake up, grab some coffee, and do it instead of having to go to some some other person uh, person's job and make them money and everything. Yeah, so. exactly. All right. So today on the Listener Adventure Story, we're going to feature Neil Robertson. Now, Neil, he's sharing a story about one of his first time lapses, and I believe in our conversation, he said this is his first time ever doing a time lapse where he goes from day to night or night to day. I think mm. in this time lapse, it's from night and it goes into the sunrise. Right. And so. So he's talking about the past weekend he went on a bluff that's overlooking the White River in Arkansas. He wasn't sure how it would turn out, and it was an awful lot of work editing for a nine-second clip, but he couldn't be more pleased with how it turned out, considering that he had never done it before. Yeah. He has a 24 to 70 millimeter lens on here. He doesn't say exactly how far he was at, but I'm guessing he's at 24 millimeter Probably. in the shot. Probably. It's a yeah. really good yeah. time lapse, though. I really, I really like it. And oh, it's yeah. funny because uh, I, I kind of know that location because I actually grew up in Arkansas. Oh, really? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so I know that location. I've seen that a couple times. So you it's, mentioned you had a nightmare of a story for time lapse. Yeah, basically the the time lapse nightmare that I had was I had my intervalometer set up, and I thought it would be kind of cool because I had two cameras to do like most people do is take a time lapse, but also if you have a free camera, go take other photos. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. So I I wanted to take this uh, this time lapse of uh, there's an old. Uh, in our in our area there's an old barn right off the side of the road and that kind of worked okay because it was really dark outside but i didn't want to like light paint the whole time uh doing a time lapse mm -hmm. yeah exactly uh, so there were cars coming by and actually it turned out pretty cool because <laughs> the headlights would hit it yeah you know? in there yeah yeah so and i actually liked the the look at it from the photos that it was taken i thought it would be really cool to do that so i was really excited i was ready to go started the intervalometer started walking around taking photos not only did I walk in my shot while I was taking uh, taking photos taking photos of the barn, but it did uh, I had said it wrong and it did every second oh, when my yeah. exposure was like every thirty seconds or twenty five seconds or something like that, and so oh. it it ended up being like the final was me popping in popping out popping it over here and then doing all this and then it it looked it looked like I was cloning myself all over oh. the frame and. I don't, it just slipped my mind that I was taking a time lapse and I was walking in front of my camera taking photos of the barn, <laughs> uh, and so I, I was really excited because the, the 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 sky was clear. There was a little bit of clouds in the background, and I was like, "That might look cool." And uh, it was it was actually my second time lapse at night that I've ever taken, mm. and I think I've not taken one since because I was just so so so, so just distraught by it. <laughs> so in the time lapse, you're popping in but popping out too right you're going all I, over i the would place. pop i would pop in on the left and then the next frame would be over here and then i would be over like over here and then kneel down looking at it like a different <laughs> angle and then oh, yeah man. <laughs> where's jordan younce watch this video yeah. <laughs> so, so if you if you could mess up a time lapse pretty well then that's probably what i i would i would do I guess that's what I, what I did. Man, Neil never featured once in his time lapse. You should have hopped out there, Neil, and been like, thumbs up. I approve of this time lapse. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Jordan. Well, don't, you shouldn't let that discourage you from doing it again because uh, I'm going to do more. From that experience. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to set one camera for time lapse and then leave that area yeah. and then focus. Well, well, Right now, I have I only have like one real good camera, the 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 6D. So I'm not 
<laughs> if I go take photos, it's going to be me popping the camera on a tripod, getting everything set up, and me just sitting and watching. That's all it's going right. to be. Not even an attempt to do anything else. Halfway through the time lapse, you'll think about something like, oh, I'm going to go grab that over there. And you'll walk right through it. And be like, no, not again. No. <laughs> I actually have my arm featuring in Brendan's time lapse of Valley of Fire because I kept waving my arms around like an Italian when I'm talking yeah. and threw it right in front of his frame. And <laughs> when I showed my wife that, she said immediately, oh, your arm's in his, in his camera. In the way of his camera, yeah. everyone and else a noticed. Big yellow jacket too. It's a big yellow. <laughs> I made sleeve. sure it was really hard to notice. <laughs> I didn't notice at all when I watched it. Oh, actually. good. Yeah. When you rewatch it, there's a single frame where you see my hand, or even two frames. I think you see my hand once and just an arm in the corner for a moment. Yeah. Sorry, okay. man. It's yeah. You should have it's usually it not up. a big deal. <laughs> so I knew I picked this one for a reason because I had more information that Neil gave me in a comment, and I just found that oh, comment. Nice. So we okay. have more backstory. So let's go back to story time with Neil Robertson. He says <laughs> several months ago I came across a picture taken by another photographer in a book showing this river and valley at sunrise. I instantly knew I wanted to try my hand at making my version of it. So he did a lot of searching online, found a suitable shooting location that's similar, and and figured out what dates the sunrise would line up right over that hillside. So we found a place to rent within walking distance of the bluff. He headed out after work on a Friday and just hoped that the weather would stay clear. Now we saw that there's clouds that are in there, but they didn't block the Milky right, Way entirely. Right. It was actually more interesting because you had really obvious time passage of time happening because the clouds were mm -hmm. moving. Originally when I planned this trip, I was just going to get a few sunrise shots. But when I saw that the core of the Milky Way was going to be out, I set my alarm for a couple hours earlier and grabbed my camera gear and tried to make the most of it. So it didn't disappoint him at all. He, now he goes in there and says he ran time lapses on both his K1 and his crop sensor KS2. Oh, but okay. this one on the K1 turned out a whole lot better. So cool. Neil Robertson, awesome story, awesome experience. It's a really great time lapse, man. Especially since you were just trying out for your first time a day to night shot or a night to day shot. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> you beat us to it and you have a fantastic image here. So we really wanted to feature you. Yeah. Now I have good one job, more story that I wanted to feature because it's nuts. It's just nuts, but it's short and quick. So let's get to it. The back story is that Timothy sent us a, a bunch of information about things that we had said we weren't sure we understood and we weren't sure if we had it correct and he was giving us the correct information and he worried that since I never responded for almost a month because I had no idea the email was in there it somehow oh, yeah. got lost yeah. we answered and responded to it while we were out at the Grand Teton trip and he replied I just figured you guys had a filter on your inbox for things that are coming from know-it-alls like me and so <laughs> this guy he said he was going to you Utah, and if you notice that the weather gets bad, I'm there. He knows you'll know that I made it to Utah once the weather turns. So he's a really funny guy. He's a very knowledgeable guy. And then he tells me the craziest story ever. I oh, mean, I'm yeah. overselling okay, this yes, maybe, but yeah. it's crazy. So he goes, I made it to Utah. The weather was, yeah, variable. But one night of clear skies, I got up early one morning to photograph a little known arch in the middle of nowhere. And I ended up falling off a ledge onto another one while trying to get to the arch. Amazingly, I wasn't injured, though I couldn't get back up. Fortunately, the lower ledge was covered with rocks, so I spent the next two hours piling them up, piling up the rocks so he could climb back out. By the time sunrise happened, it ended up being pretty nice, but I didn't have any photos taken. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> so all I could respond to that is like, man, at least that was two hours well spent, right? So, <laughs> oh my God, the guy got in a situation completely alone where he fell off a ledge onto another one. But luckily, that other one was like a master Lego builder could find all the parts and rebuild his escape vehicle <laughs> because he starts piling rocks up and climbing his way up to the other ledge. That's so nuts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that'd be so scary that first few minutes when you thought, oh no, I can't reach that ledge. What do I do now? That's when you take your phone and start recording. You know, you start recording, recording like, okay, here I am. <laughs> he starts cutting off his arm right away, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Wait, it's not lodged and something. I need that. <laughs> oh, man. So crazy story, Tim. And no, you're not a know-it-all. And any one of you guys who want to correct us, inform us, help us, please do. Brendan and I are not shy to say that we're learning amateurs, becoming novice, becoming pro. So berate yeah, we us definitely if don't we know get it, it all wrong. wrong so. We have a lot of fun with this, and so we're going to say things that we have halfway correct all the time. So help us get the the other halfway there. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for that awesome story. Sorry that the weather was variable after all and that you didn't get that awesome sunrise because, well, you were focused on surviving. And hey, Neil Robertson, awesome work on that that first panorama time lapse. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, seriously. That time lapse was awesome. If you have taken any more sense, make sure you share with us on the Photog Adventures listener group because we want to see more. Great work, man. Yeah. And if any of you guys have a Photog Adventure story you want to share with us that you would like me to feature, it's getting out of hand with our group. We have over 300 members. I can't keep track of anything anymore. Yeah. And so I need your help keeping track. If you have a story you want to share, make sure that you, when you write it, you put somewhere in there, hashtag listener photog adventure. So all one word, hashtag listener photog adventure. That'll give me some oh, quick yeah, search terms so yeah. that I can find stories that you guys want me to share. And that way I don't forget to share your story and we can have an easier time finding them before the podcast. Good idea. Nice. Let's go ahead and jump into our first break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Jordan about composition and balance of design principles in your photography, as well as talk about a project that Jordan's doing called The Road to Full Time, basically talking about going from your current situation, no matter what it is, and that road you will travel on the way to full time doing photography. So let's go ahead and take that first break and come right back. Cool. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. We're talking with Jordan Younts today and we're talking design principles in photography. And so this could be your photographer portrait photography or your landscape photography. It can happen in any situation. And so what we're going to do is use our design backgrounds. I have a design background working with Disney and video games and other elements of my life. And I want to pull specifically from my experience at Disney. And so I was sharing with Brendan and Jordan a graphic that we use as a team when we worked on Disney Infinity. So in short, if you guys go to our show notes, you'll see this graphic. I'm going to share it with you. This is helping us as marketing artists who are working with 3D models of all the characters of the game Disney Infinity. Specifically, this was our Avengers playset. So you're going to see silhouettes that look like Iron Man, silhouettes that look like Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, and you're going to see Iron Fist and other characters in here. Now, what it's doing is it's helping our marketing artists who are receiving 3D, 3D models that are stuck in a frozen silhouette, frozen pose. They have another environment artist who's given them the entire environment for their scene and they say okay set this up for a screenshot when we were working on the game Disney Infinity we were in alpha and beta mostly when we were creating all of the assets for our marketing campaigns and so we couldn't wait for the game to catch up to us and then create our marketing campaigns mm -hmm. we had to do all of it in advance when the game's completely broken and so we did it all this way and so when you ever see Disney Infinity screenshots or you see Disney Infinity um, packaging it was done in this method right here hmm. and so one thing I want to pull from these 
design elements are just things that make an image stronger. For instance, there's two frames here where our art director gave us an image of two guys fighting. One's jabbing a sword forward, the other one's he's, he's blocking that fight of the sword. And you can see him straight on where here they are. The ground plane is completely flat at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the image and per, and parallel with the bottom of the frame. And then the two guys are looking at each other. And you're, and, and we're viewing that at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. So we're straight to their straight sides. Straight to yeah. the side. So you can't see any different in dis distance or depth from mm -hmm. one character mm -hmm. to the other. And he shows how, what we want to do is have our screenshots be much more action packed and oriented with a, a camera that's almost over the shoulder of one of the characters and you mm -hmm. see that lunging guy with the sword and he's practically lunging at the camera and it's far more exciting just lifting it up yeah, and looking yeah. down in that way when I was at Fifth Water Hot Springs and I had a log crossing a really cool little river that was green and turquoise I saw that I was having the same problem that I have this line that was boring and I needed to get up. And unfortunately in that situation, I couldn't find a good composition yeah, that ended yeah. up being great. But that is that is what triggered in my mind, okay, move this composition in this way. And kind mm -hmm. of some, some okay. of these up, if you're looking at each, not even just the, the sword example, but all of them put together, uh, this is kind of something that you might see when you're comparing an amateur to a pro. Uh, yeah. when it comes to photography because I mean you, you see those people like snapshots versus actual photo photographs right uh, like you see people that example of um, the, the middle example on the bottom where the, the the character is basically it looks like he's sitting on the hand of of, of the guy <laughs> yeah yeah he's you know, balancing and there. everybody has those photos where they're taking pictures of a, of a portrait of, of somebody <laughs> and they got a telephone pole sticking out of their head mm -hmm. you know right. it's like directly it's, it's up a, their middle <laughs> yeah it's it's the same it's the same kind of concept that's and that's something that a lot of people need to kind of be aware of is is that that basically could be summed, summed up into amateur versus pro because that angle of the sword is is something like a pro angle would be they would use maybe like a wide angle lens if they're taking a picture of something along those lines yeah um and you would get that really distorted perspective and it looked more action than just boom you know straight on yeah it gives it mm -hmm. movement instead of being a static almost frozen Everyone's just slowly coming together in the top picture versus what's down there. Looks like he just barely lunged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other stuff that I really pull from my experience of working on these screenshots, because we had control over everything. I mean, there were things that we looked at our picture of our first draft and said, okay, I just realized I created a tangent here. Or I just realized that in this location of the scene, there's nothing going on. There's no color. Or the stuff that I have in here that's really interesting in the background, I covered it all up. And so there's things that in this picture right here I'm looking at where... Um, Oh, these guys who are getting attacked. There's there's multiple guys in the scene. There's one guy hiding behind a wall or standing on a wall nearest to the camera. One guy coming up, mopping, approaching, and then there's one in the distance approaching from a distant spot. And when you see them spread out, I mean, I like to look at my scenery, and I don't just put everything in a third. I like to put it in a depth third, a foreground, midground, background, but kind of working my way up the third. I really love Erin Bobnick's pictures when she has that one shot where the flowers are right up in the foreground and the bottom third, and mm -hmm. they kind of lead into the second third. And then there's really cool setting. Like it, it, the context of the scene is all told in the midground. Mm -hmm. And then the anchor of the image 
is going from the midground all the way to the top, and it's the most distant thing in the picture. That's the top of the mountain of the Dolomites that they're at, and there's weather and sunlight and yeah, there's still a lot atmosphere. of yeah, good stuff going on there too. Uh, yeah. yeah, any picture that I take that includes all three of those elements and they're balanced together in the image was beautiful. At Disney, when we were working mm-hmm. with them and we put things, we realized we have an imbalanced section and we would add some elements or we would take some elements away to really control that scene. And, and that's the challenge I have when I'm out with landscape photography mm-hmm. is I'm trying to recreate that without having the power of God to go and actually move this mountain back, this river, bring it over here. I want <laughs> these things in my spot here. And so you have to just explore and move and find and bring your camera up, put your camera low, Try your camera over here just to try and pull that stuff away. Like Jordan was just talking about that one guy who was standing on his hand. The professional already knows I'm going to go to the left to make sure that that character back there is now looking at me from the left. Or I'll go more to the right to pull him off the hand either way. Mm -hmm. And to get to your point where you're talking about uh, you leading from the bottom third or whatever to the top. Yeah. I mean, that that should be something... Uh, that goes through a lot of people's minds when they're taking photos is what do you want the viewer to see first and how do you want to lead their eye around uh, around the photo? I yeah. mean, that should be yeah. something that's very important because when it comes to graphic design and stuff, that's you, you have to have your, your emphasis. You have to have that, that subject that gets people's attention first and then you basically lead their eye around the, the rest of the, the whatever it is uh, from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to make sure that you... you you assist the viewer in how you want them to see your photo. So that's why, that's why, you know, taking, taking things in the, like the rule of thirds, for example, that's common, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you, if you have a lighthouse over here and a moon over here and stuff, you want them to follow the lighthouse up to touch the moon and, and you want to make sure that you, you tell them where the eyes should go yeah. without having to actually tell them. Give them a reason to look here and follow it up to see, oh, there's also a really awesome moon up there. Yeah. So there's one frame that I was just talking about as far as, you know, concerning clutter is the bottom right-hand frame. Oh, yeah, right. And we tend to do that a lot, too, when we're doing um, landscape, landscape photography is we will get near, like, an inter- interesting bush or or some interesting branches, and then we get too close or we include them too much in the scene, and they're overtaking or the, or there was this, there's an interesting subject, but there's a lot of like stuff surrounding it. The key to taking good landscape photography is finding a way to get the clutter out of your scene to really focus on what your subject is. And that can be a real challenge too. And a lot of that leads to you just moving around and exploring your angles too. And the reason why you'd move around is because pulling from my Disney experience is that we would have assets that we built were a really cool setting as a cool stage for an image. And then we would design what would happen in that scene later. And we'd come into it and realize, oh my gosh, that entire staircase that I put right there, it has all these horizontal lines that are now different colors. There's like a shadow and a light part of the staircase, Mm. as well as all those horizontal lines, and they're right behind my character, who's Groot, and he's brown. And so now the brown staircase with highlight shadows up and down and all the contrasting shadows on Groot, they're coming together into this completely hard-to-decipher image. If you can't squint your eyes or make the image small and recognize that Groot 
root is standing there, we had to kill that background. So often mm. we would go into our scene and move that staircase out and bring something else that would have a different opposite color or just a complementary color to root that would make him stand out from the background. Yeah. And you're pointing at the frame where it reminds us to remove those things, and it makes me think about the situation we had at Fifth Water Hot Springs again, because I had all this melted snow on the side that caused me to see every twig, every brush, every dead bush or dormant tree, dormant bush in on the banks of the river. Mm -hmm. But had I been there at a time when it was just completely covered in snow right up until the bank of the river, that white, smooth, non-distracting, complementary side left and right Mm -hmm. of the river would have been an amazing shot, probably from the exact same composition I had, had that been there, but those distracting... covered up all the distracting twigs and stuff. Exactly. Those distracting elements took me away from a portfolio shot. And what reminds me of that is when we were there that day, I took some pictures with my phone as we were hiking to our location. And one of the things I said that one guy commented, it looks like an alligator in the water. Yeah. But he could clearly see it. And I, was, I thought that was kind of cool because you can clearly see the snow on top of the moss, on top of the rock in the middle of the river. But you could see what I was, what my subject actually was. Because even though there was some of those trigs on the sides, they were they were far off to the side. They weren't Your like... balance was better. It was yeah. a large subject versus the clutter. Right, right, exactly. And so that I thought I, I went pretty well. And I just wish I would have got my regular camera out for that. <laughs> but, <Right>. I <laughs> but my phone picture turned out great anyways. Was, I mean, Instagram. I think it was the iPhone 6 that I had at the time. Or was don't it you hate seven? that when your phone photos turn out better than your actual <laughs> Yeah, and I just process it really yes. quick in Instagram. I'm like, dang, that actually turned out really good. So, <laughs> And then you don't want to post the camera photo because you're like, I can't beat the Instagram one. <laughs> right, <now."> right. <laughs> <laughs> so when people say move your camera around, sometimes we think, okay, this isn't working out. I'm going to go over here. Oh, I'm going to go over here. And you end up going to four different sectors in that area that you're hanging out at. Instead of just pivoting, pivot your camera around Mm. your subject that you wanted until you maybe put it up against a scenery that is nice and complimentary, non-distracting, doesn't have a tangent. Now, a tangent, what I mean is what we're talking about that happened with uh, Jordan's example of the guy standing on the arm. You have this unwanted relationship between two objects the way that they're intersecting yeah always 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 go around around your image and go high up low i mean always figure out the type of angle that could work to to kind of achieve it so if you have if you do have a bush and you have a mountain in the background you can't you can't have the bush get so close to the top of the mountain you got to make sure that you know it's it's fairly low to where you give the mountain some space to breathe, and then you also give the the sky above the mountain some space. Yeah. So you need to have that kind of not not like equal thirds, but you need to have a little bit of space to breathe. Is what I've always been. Yeah, breathing kind of room mentioned. Yeah, yeah. breathe. Yeah. You need to have a little breathing room. If you butt something up against the side, or uh, at, the, at the top, it it looks it looks like when you look at the photo, you want to you want to like tilt the photo just a, a little bit, just <laughs> yeah, to try to fix yeah. it, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, you want to you want to try to do that. So you need breathing room with, with all of your subjects or even even your background subjects. You, you still need breathing room. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And when you're, do, and if, I mean, a lot of our listeners are interested in doing maybe stock photography or even photography for other design purposes, um, sometimes you need to give a lot more headroom. So, for instance, when we were That's talking to Rusty about his um, his shot at night, he had tons of open sky above the skyline for his picture, and he thought, well, yeah, you know, oh well, not but perfect. Then, but then that's the one that won for his, you know, for the the tourism guide for Missouri, basically. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it's called. So he 
he had plenty of headroom and that gave them plenty of space to put all their type and logo and everything above the city skyline because there's all that breathing room and still, still look good. Yeah, so. I think that's the perfect segue into the next part of this discussion about how we can, as photographers, maybe get some extra money back from our photography when you're out to a cool location and you're trying to make that perfect portfolio piece. Maybe put some time into me even before your the moment comes and the sunset's not here yet. You can actually get some really cool stock photography in, but you're going to have to obey these design principles. And the ones that I wanted to focus on were negative space mm-hmm. and interest in the image by having a person in the image but not a face not an identity uh it could be anyone that's why a lot of these stock photography images you see are the backs of people because then it's like i can picture myself as that person right i don't see their face i feel like i'm there Mm -hmm. but when you see their face you're like oh that person's there that's cool right right it goes from being if you see a face it goes from being almost like a like an ad you would see in a magazine for you know some sort of prescription drug <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> to, to being to being something like i can see myself there if i you know if i'm just looking at the back there's that you know cla- classic photos like that of uh, the guy standing on a cliff he's got his backpack and you see the mountains in the background and right. all that kind of stuff yep. i mean that's that's picture perfect for any sort of tourism uh any sort of adventure magazine because you picture yourself wearing that that backpack getting ready to climb whatever it is right so especially if you got negative space up there they can put a title they can put topics i mean that's that's gold for Mm -hmm. for anybody trying to put together some sort of publication one photographer i want to bring up if you guys haven't heard about him is chris ir walker there's a lot of adventure photography on location images exactly what he calls his youtube videos but he has a thing where he usually has either friends or models that he's paid to be there where it's a girl who will wear a red jacket or a yellow rain jacket now this is a very obvious subject Mm. a very yellow silhouette and he has them stand in really cool locations facing the location kind of like here's your eye you see the yellow subject right away but then you see what they're looking at and that draws you into the rest of the image and he's got really cool photography and i know i i know even without finding out that he's selling those images Mm mm-hmm and that's got to be so oh, easy. It has to. Right? Yeah. When you look at 500px, the image on the front page is yeah. almost always with people in it. Right. When you see Thomas Heaton's picture that showed up on the Flickr app, it has a tent that's a featured element mm-hmm. with the scenery. If you're looking for selling your photography as a stock image, definitely think about having a subject in there that is a strange, how do I say it, a non distinct subject or well, it's, it's the human element basically yeah yeah it's the human perfect. element yeah, yeah. perfect yeah. way of putting it so then negative space you already mentioned it brendan but should we mention more about negative space i mean how do you plan and balance your image with negative space because it's so off balance i think it's intentional you got to think about it maybe before you do it like it's like breaking the rule but intentionally so because you know it's going to be filled with something else yeah def- definitely definitely i'd agree with that you definitely need to have uh if, if you're looking for if you're looking for a specific type of photo, I mean, you have those classic ones, especially ones that I see all the time where uh, for real estate stuff, there's uh, there's a, a really nice pool setting and it's got like one of those beach lounge pool cabana things or whatever. And above that is just endless sky. That, mm-hmm. that could be filled with anything, um, any type of advertising, any type of... Uh, just anything you can think of in post for someone doing production uh, that could be filled that that's gold for them because they can 
do pretty much anything with that sky. Yeah. And you still have a really cool element to look at. And it almost comes off abstract in a way. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. From from what I've, you know, the, the picture I'm picturing, because uh, I just saw it today, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, if you have enough negative space, I mean, you could you could really kill when it comes to selling selling photos like that. But I'm thinking, I'm picturing of all these moments that I'm waiting for the sunrise or sunset that I could have pulled my camera out in that midday harsh blue sky with boring, no interesting clouds. I could be making stock photos like there's no tomorrow. Even if I just do black and white, I could do it. Interesting stuff there. You have lots of negative space to work with. Sure. I can compose something that's an intimate scene or I can compose something that's a wide, vast scene and just have everything on the bottom third and leave that top third open, just have a really nice balance. Mm-hmm. Those photos of where it's just everything is on the bottom third, those are my favorites. <laughs> I don't have, I have hardly any of them, but, <laughs> uh, but, but those are my favorites because I, I would, it's almost like you get to see like a cool sky photo with a tiny, tiny little bit of subject, but you get scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that scale that you can that you can see, especially especially if you by chance do have someone like way off in the distance, like silhouetted or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's perfect. I mean you can't get any better than that. Oh, I'm picturing like Fiji or Tahiti where they have those docks and someone standing on the yes, end of the dock, yes. and then the blue ocean leading up to the very top of the image. Yeah. Oh. I just want All right, we're leaving now and going to Fiji. That's, <laughs> that's I, what I'm thinking about now. It's like, okay, photog adventure next week. Tahiti. Because it's cold here. I don't know what it's like in North Carolina, but it's cold here right now. I would. It's colder. It's colder than usual, but tomorrow will be warm. Okay, oh, good. <laughs> I'm ready for a nice, warm, sunny beach. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I will leave you guys with a little bit of tip on making sure you have the negative space is just think about what Brendan said about the clutter. Uh, find a portion of your image where you have zero clutter, and not only zero clutter, but a color that is going to help white text show up allow options for white text other text i mean don't make them have to do a very harsh black just to have it show up white is almost universally i mean how's your design element i have a lot of white text or pastel colors or lighter colors that we like to do as the copy on the image Mm -hmm. we don't like using harsh i mean charcoal we use but not harsh blacks if i could put white in there somewhere that it needs to be i need to put in white yeah. Uh, because it just if, if it contrasts enough to the image um it's going to show up so much better than having to put any other color but unless it's a complementary color i imagine but yeah. um it's going to look so much better uh because for at least for my full-time job right now most of the backgrounds that i deal with are co- kind of like a darker blue mm-hmm. so thankfully white shows up perfect on there right exactly right, right. You know, so but if it but they also have another color that's like a a lime green. You can't put white on there because it's too light. Yeah, <laughs> you you can, but it doesn't pop off enough. So it, then you have to go into something like a charcoal gray, and it just looks gross. <laughs> so you really don't want to do that if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I love it when Brendan and I went out on a photog adventure for astrophotography because we'll have images of nighttime, and I can have an easy time to work with our thumbnail photo for the YouTube video. But just barely yeah. with Grand Teton, I had a terrible time trying to find a nice place to put that image, put the text Grand Teton away mm. from the sky, the clouds, mm. the bright sun of Brendan's image. Brendan has an awesome image of the molten barn and the sun, and I pulled in really tight. I had to zoom into his image crazy tight just so that I had enough mountain enough room. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. I needed mountain, but of course the mountain had snow on it. And so I had <laughs> to have enough of the terrain and the barn itself to bring the text out. 
And so that image, that text had to be low in the horizon, not as high up as I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And so the image will dictate where copy can go. And so if you can give them a very easy to work with image, you're going to be selling a lot easier than others. Yeah, so. don't don't be afraid of simplicity when it comes to that kind of thing. Simplicity can really, really work well. So that's one thing that I like to try to try to you know go with is always try to keep it simple. Exactly. Yeah, simple and clean. It's usually the best, yeah. best rule. And you could do it any time of day. Don't worry about the best light perfect or the best sunset because the most interesting mm. sky and the most interesting sunset is probably going to be the worst to put copy on. True, true. So, Jordan, you keep mentioning real estate as your examples of how you do some of this stock photography or selling photography that is simple and easy to work with in a marketing situation. You are working part-time currently as a real estate photographer, or do you feel like you do it more than 20 hours a week? How often do you go out? Right now, it's it's still considered part-time. It could almost be on the verge of a hobby. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, still, I, still do, I still do get a, a, a good amount of jobs, um, but that's why I, had to start, I started to do the, uh, the Road to Full-Time uh, video series, the video vlog. I hate saying that word, vlog. I but, know. He uh, <laughs> says vlog just because he hates saying vlog so yeah. much. Yeah, I, I want to say video blog, too, but so. then I, I want to say video blog, but then I sound like I'm I'm playing bingo later. <laughs> like you're um, play canasta with your friends at the yeah. retirement center. You got a video blog? I video can watch. blog. So, <laughs> so you have an awesome series that you're just begun a YouTube series called the road to full time. Yep. Now, when you say full time, do you mean full time real estate photography only, or full time photographer doing any of it? Right, right now my goal would be full time. Uh, full-time photographer doing anything photography related. Okay, awesome. Uh, but I do have the dream of just packing up my camera and taking house photos and commercial photos and architecture every day for the rest of my life. Uh, so, <laughs> so that would be the the ultimate dream. But the 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 current goal would be to do um, to do it anything photography related. I, I would. That, that's that's where it needs to be and so that's why I wanted to do the road to full time because you've always you've always hear people talking about you know I, I would love to do photography as a hobby uh, I would I would love to sell real estate photos I would love to sell landscape photos I would love to be a wedding photographer but I can't do it because I don't have uh, the time I don't have the money I don't have you know I don't have anything going for me enough to do that so now it's yeah it's a matter of either making time and this is, that's where I'm kind of getting the road to full time is cause I'm, I'm trying to make time to go full time. Mm-hmm. And so I want to show people that, you know, I want to show people my, my, my process of how I'm trying to get there, not just taking photos and showing you the finished photos and that's it because all that really is, is a video blog. Right. But I want to do video uh, blog I'm a, nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but, but all that is, is showing my process, but I want to show more things. I want to eventually get to the point where, um, I could be doing a daily thing showing what I'm doing that day to try to advance. So it could be a thing of me, you know, going through all the realtors in my area and emailing them one by one, not showing me emailing them, but showing the process of what I have to do to, hey, I got this spreadsheet. I got all these realtors in here. I'm emailing these guys. I'm emailing five a day and seeing what I get back from the response. Oh, gosh, that's um, going to be gold for some people who want to get into that because mm-hmm. that is the hardest thing is just where do I start to find work? Well, everybody's got a goal of what they want to do, but they don't know where to start. And so yeah. in, a, in a way, I'm trying to I'm trying to be the guinea pig in it when it comes to real estate stuff, but th- it can be, be really... 
it could really pertain to any type of photography. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, wedding photographers can do the same thing. They need to they need to contact brides. I'm not saying I don't know how to contact brides, but they need to they need to know how to put information out there, put themselves out there. Uh, to get themselves in the best place to start doing that full time. That's so true. I was just having a thought the other day about how we could sell. Let's see, because there's always new offices and always new government buildings being built all the time, right? right. And so it's like, how do we introduce ourselves to the people in charge that are going to buy that artwork? You mm-hmm. know, oh, because we're taking, yeah, because we're taking pictures. I mean, I've got a, I've got a panoramic picture that can print four feet tall by nine feet wide. I mean, that's right. huge. It's but massive. there are also massive, huge office and conference rooms that could easily fit that picture, right? So it's like, how would is I. probably not the problem. Yeah. So, like, how would I find the person to, you know, do I need to talk to interior designers? Do I need to talk to, you know what I mean? Building managers. Yeah. Who do we talk to? So, that's part of the problem is how, how, do, how do we contact the person we need to, uh, to get the work sold, basically? So. And so, Jordan, you're going through this experience of your own. And instead of just sitting down at a computer and saying, here's the list of how I did it, you're just going to show us. You're going to live it on a, in, a, in, a, in a journal video of right. how but, you yeah, did basically, it. Yeah, basically, it's gonna, it, it is a video blog. It's a vlog uh, of me, <laughs> of me doing, doing everything that I can to try to go full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, there's, there's one thing that I, uh, even before this idea was, was an idea, um, there was a, a photo that I took where uh, I went down. I went downtown in our local city, and there's a bank and trust building. It's a really kind of cool building, mm-hmm. um, and it was just a freelance thing. I just wanted to go out there and take some photos. I got on top of a parking garage to try to get a better angle of it, um, and I, it was a nice black and white photo. Uh, there was a flagpole at the top. I photoshopped in a flag flying when there never was a flag flying there. <laughs> nice mm-hmm. work. Um, so you know, it was all this kind of fun stuff, and I was like maybe the person who actually owns this building would like the photo. And so I wasn't going to have, I wasn't going to contact him and say, Hey, do you want to buy this photo? But maybe you just want to have it. That's fine with me. So um, you went and in so, and you approached him about giving it well, to him. I tried, I tried to find the owner of the building oh, first and I mm-hmm. couldn't, I couldn't eat because, because it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a bank building in the bottom, but above mm. it is like apartments or something oh, like that or, right. or condos or something. Oh yeah. That would be tough to f- track them down. So I looked on like the city records trying to find the owner. I tried to find um, uh, the the maybe the the I think I tried to find the bank manager to see if he know who leased the space to them or something like that. I couldn't find anything. Wow. Um, and so this would that would be even though it was a dead end, I still can't find them. Uh, even though it was a dead end, it was it was something to try to think about. Yeah. Um, I did I did the same thing with another building. I actually was taking a, a real estate shoot. Um, and there was a really cool building. I happened to be out there around sunset when I got done with the real estate shoot. Uh, and there's a, a really cool building and it was kind of modern looking and I did a whole lot of work to it. Um, I, I recomposed the sky. Uh, I photoshopped windows that had blinds halfway up and I photoshopped them over. I made it look almost perfect. So it was symmetrical on the windows that you're seeing. Yeah. Like gotcha. all the, everything was perfect. Like shadows were good the grass. I even clipped like the grass that was hanging, like poking up. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was a almost perfect image in my, in my mind. And then, so I, I saw the business name and I, uh, went on, went online afterwards and I sent the, the owner of the business who owns that building the the photo and I said hey just wanted to let you know I'm a real estate photographer in the area I saw a picture of your building at sunset thought it was kind of cool 
feel free to use this on your Facebook page as a promotional thing, your Google Plus page, whatever. Um, that would be, you, you can feel free to use it. I have no problem with it. Um, and he just sent back a beautiful image. Thank you for letting us use it. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they ever did. I never checked back. Yeah. But but it, it's something like that to where I want to start doing more stuff like that and showing that because, you know, even if that led to nothing, eventually it could lead to something. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's getting your name out there for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I'm sitting here as a guy who's not only rooting for you, but he wants to experience what you're working towards. And so I'm thinking, are you going to keep doing this blog right up until you are full-time? Because I'm very excited to see the pathway that you take and the time it takes and the work it takes to get there. It seems like an awesome TV show for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I plan on doing this uh, even even if I'm doing two two or five real shots, real estate shots a day, I still plan on doing this just because it's, it's the road to full time. But just because you go full time doesn't mean you're going to stay there. You got to, you got to make sure you still do good quality work to keep being full time. Um, and so I want to make sure I, I do the road and, and hopefully get to that point. Uh, and then maybe we can go into a, a, a vlog series, a, a, a daily vlog to where it goes into me doing everything that I'm doing that day, even if it's not photography related, most of the time it will be, but it's everything that I'm doing that day to, to keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. What do you go, going behind the scenes? I mean, like I, I'm planning a video right now of, uh, of something that we talked about earlier, but where, you know, my, my full-time job is my eight hours a day here. You know, my, my family time is right in these two spots. Uh, my, part-time stuff that I work till one o'clock in the morning is over here. Right. What do I need to do to change that over to, to mess with that? So it's, it's not only just a, a video series of me going around and taking photos. It's the thought of everything. It's, it's everything to my thought about taking the photos and trying to keep it full time and trying to get more energy to do more things. And the, the struggle between family and work and oh, more yeah. work. All that stuff. It's 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 everything put together. It's not just, hey, I shot a building and here's some photos. Right. It's yeah, an authentic yeah. tale of a guy who is just like all of us who has to put in these hours after his work, after his family life yeah. to get out there so that he can then, like he said, flip-flop that to where his eight-hour-a-days is doing photography. Now, how do you plan on measuring full-time? When do you feel like, okay, this is that full-time point? Measure full-time by... If I'm doing photography all day long, then that's my full time. And getting paid for it, a, a living wage. Get, you're not even yeah, working. Yeah, getting, getting paid for it, yeah, that, that's a helpful thing. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of schedule do you have for the vlog? Are you going to be doing the Road to Full-Time episode once a week, twice a week? Right now, it'll probably be once a week uh, just because it's so new. Um, yeah. the, the, I, I think the, the content that was in the first video compared to the second video, uh, the second video was a little more... Uh, it was just it was just better it was mm-hmm. you know think of a pilot episode like kind of like what i put on my facebook page yeah. mm-hmm. a pilot episode is just you getting used to it right the videos are just getting better i think i mean i uh, if this was a video podcast i'd do a sneak peek into the third episode um, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah i think it's getting i think i think it's getting better and i i think people are really going to i think people people are really going to like it who have this same thought because I know all of, I know everybody who's doing this amateur type of photography has the same type of thought process. Yeah, absolutely. We're just looking at your page right now. If you guys are thinking that you want to follow his road to full time, he just re- he just released 
episode two yesterday. And so we're looking at just being in the very beginning of the road to full time and following Jordan Younts. You can find his YouTube channel by typing in Picture Monk, but you can also find it through Jordan Younts. That's his name. His last name is spelled Y-O-U-N-C-E, but we'll also include this in the show notes so that you guys can find it. Subscribe to his channel, follow these videos. And hey guys, if you do watch his videos, do us a favor and comment on it. Make yeah. this com- Help prime the pump of the comments and get them alive so that more and more people feel comfortable asking questions because Jordan's going to have a lot of real gems of uh, wisdom that comes with everything he's doing throughout this. And it'd be awesome if those questions got answered right there on the YouTube page. And I yeah. can see the answers right there as I go through because I know I'm interested in it. And I think every one of you out there is thinking about it. I know Dean Vincent would love to do doing photography full time. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would. Awesome. Okay, so with our own road to full-time, all you landscape photographers out there, ash photographers out there, we've discussed composition, balance, how to deal with it, and smart ways to make your image stock photo ready, as well as just real estate discussion through Jordan's experience here. And if you go to his if you go to his YouTube channel, Jordan Younce, you will find more information there. I was just looking at it while we were talking, and he not only has the blog part of it, but he also has a section talking about his processing of his images. So there's yeah, some tutorials. And there's stuff. great yeah. information there. Follow Jordan Younts. We're going to take our last break of the podcast. I'm going to come back and we're going to end it with gear time and tip of the week. Cool. Hey guys, welcome back for the last part of the podcast and gear time. We're going to talk to Jordan Younts about his gear that he recommends and, uh, Take it away, Jordan. Tell us what you uh, what you got there. Okay, so the gear that I recommend is probably something that I've recommended twice already on my own podcast. Okay. <laughs> but I love it, especially now that I'm doing the road to full-time thing. Yeah. Uh, because I always have a GoPro on top of my camera. Mm-hmm. Oh. Pick of the Week is a little adapter that you can find on Amazon. Uh, they're super cheap, and, and like right now it's about 6 bucks for, for two of them. And it's a hot shoe adapter with a tripod mount or a tripod uh, thread oh, yeah. on there, That's and cool. uh, I can I can hook it onto my hot shoe and uh, have my GoPro. Uh, I know it's not a video thing, but you can see the little casing for the GoPro. Yeah, you have a session. It looks like, huh? The, I have the yeah, the, I, have, I have the first session, which I want the newer one, but okay. this is the first one, and I always have it recording and. It's kind of it kind of serves a dual purpose because obviously it helps me when I do my road to full time videos because that's the first person view. Yeah. When I told one of the real estate photographers that I was recording it, he actually said I might want to have that footage if you're okay with it because it would almost be like an impromptu video walkthrough. Oh yeah. Do you keep mm-hmm. it running so the whole time? I kept I kept it running the whole time. There's a couple spots where I, I want to record me doing something in particular. Oh yeah. So I'll I'll pause it, but then when I'm done with that room, I'll I'll put it back on but um but yeah he he wanted me to do a, a quick little walkthrough from start to finish and uh it can it, it was shaky which is fine um but he just wanted to see like a floor plan of of the house give more context mm-hmm. for the building yeah and so he's like i don't know if i'll use it for sure but it would be nice to have that if you don't mind and i was like yeah that's fine and he paid you um, for it or did you give it for free i gave i gave it for free it was it was it wasn't anything planned, and plus it was just me putting it in Final Cut and then splicing it together, and that yeah, was it. Yeah, nice. But I guess it's um, something you can add later in other jobs, maybe put in the contract. Yeah, and actually a lot of people that I've talked to, they they like those planned videos of panning shots of, of, of rooms and all this kind of stuff, but a lot of them like the nitty-gritty of just walking through a room, even if it's shaky. 
Hmm. Um, so you can still get a feel of, of every room that you're going to pop into. Yeah. So I really like, I really like that mount. I, I have, I think four of them just in case I have two in my camera bag and two in my office. Nice. <laughs> so I make sure to, I make sure to always have one. And I, it, you know, since it's a regular tripod mount or a tripod thread, it can, you can, I can put another camera on like a full DSLR on there if I wanted to. And they're, um, and they're all metal, right? Yeah. It's all metal, all oh, metal cool. threads, all I metal it had to be uh, plastic. Mm-mm. The, I think the bo- the base might be plastic, but I don't I can't really tell. Uh, but either way, I mean, it sits in there really secure, and it yeah, I I love that thing. Nice. Yeah, as a guy who never has a flash on the top of my camera, that's finally a use for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you just kind of stole my thunder because I actually just ordered two of those myself. So. You really did. <laughs> yeah, so I can't use that later on. I guess I'll just really go with this episode. So. so what did you purchase them for? I purchased them actually for a similar but different thing. So similar yet different. Yes. So I, I ended up buying one of these. It's a remote control thing that you put your iPhone in and it's Bluetooth control, like um, panning, pan pan, panning or tilting. Uh-huh. And so I actually plan on using the GoPro with, with it. And so you can get a GoPro adapter, but you need those hot shoe um, adapters to mount into it. And so I ordered one so I could so I could fill that niche so we can start doing some cool panning time lapses with the GoPro. So we'll play with that a little bit later. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry I stole your thunder. (laughs) No, no, it's it's all good because it's a great great little piece of gear and it's really understated, but it's great. It's funny too because you start this thinking that you're going to recommend something that's off the wall and then both the gear time guys have actually purchased it and are going to use it. Yeah, yeah. Mine's coming soon. Well, that's awesome. So then now as I kneel before the picture monk, what is your tip of the week? (laughs) Oh man, I'm going to let you down so bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay so my 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 tip of the week i guess would be something uh it's it's not it's not how to shoot a specific scene it's not what kind of settings to do it's just when when i'm going out to take take photos and now take photos and video i try to be the star in my own little show what i mean by that is every photo i take i want to i want to portray the environment that i'm in uh, the mood that I'm that I'm in. I want to portray everything in that scene, and along with the video that I'm doing, uh, I want to show people that it's not about gear. It's not about what ISO you shoot at, what aperture you shoot at. It's all about the experience. It's all about the the scene that you're in. It's all about sharing a moment. Um, I mean, we all go out and we 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 kind of dis- discuss this too. But we all go out and we take photos, and we're all concentrating on looking on the back of the camera. Uh, to to make sure no one's arm is in the back of the camera, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but we're we're always trying to concentrate on that. But what we need to do is concentrate on what we what we need to do to get the shot, and just relax, and just soak everything in, uh, soak in the moment, take have fun with it, joke around, laugh. If you don't get a shot, if you fall off a ledge like that one guy did, you might not you might not have a story. You might not have a, a, a shot, but you'll have a story. Oh yeah. Story and so just too, just huh? try to <laughs> just try to try not to make photography about gear and uh, about you know if I'm going to be able to sell this. Even for me, not try not to make it that I need to go full time with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just have fun with it. Share the experience and be the star in your little little photography movie that you're having. That's, nice. that's a very good point because honestly, 90% of the time when I'm telling someone what I just did that weekend, it's usually not a photographer in my you know direct face-to-face life. Because yeah. if it's on Facebook, it's always photographers. But in direct face-to-face life, 
they don't care what gear. They don't ask me what camera body I have. They don't even ask me what settings I was using. Right. They ask right. me the story, you know, the story of being there. And you're right. If I take some time just to think about I'm the star of this moment, this experience, take it all in. What I'm going to share most of the time is that feeling, the emotion, the atmosphere, the awesomeness of what I of the setting that I was in a lot more than and then I went to an ISO that was like 6400 and I took a picture of the Milky Way using a 12 second shutter <laughs> no I'm not saying that I'm saying when I got out there I was so scared because I thought I heard a sound and I was like oh no I better turn my music on really loud and then there was a turtle you know I'm going to tell all until <laughs> right, those things right. I'm not going to say anything right. about the details of the picture and so that's I think that's a great philosophy especially in our situation Brendan and I sometimes Sometimes we we kick ourselves for not recording something in the moment, but we often have to just remind ourselves it's okay if we just experience something that was cool. We don't have to have the camera always playing, always recording that moment, a photog adventure moment. And, you know, just take it in ourselves and not just try to make it a job. Yeah, so hopefully you've seen The Secret Life of Mitty and you... Walter Mitty? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you understand mm -hmm. that... that that shot where he was going to take of the snow oh, leopard, yeah. you know, and he's that, just like that scene. I actually, I actually commented on that. That was, that was something I highlighted in a very long ago podcast about oh, inspiration. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Movie. That when I watched that, when I watched that scene that first time, I think much like I watch your guys' YouTube videos, I had to replay <laughs> it over and over and over because I just love that feeling that, that thought process of, uh, of, of him talking to Mitty about that. Yeah. You know, being there and being the, being the lead in your own life. Sometimes kind of I don't yeah. take a picture. I just it, I leave it. What does he say? He keeps it for himself, or he's. I think I think he said he keeps it for himself. I can't remember though. Yeah, his I'll wording to, is something like I keeps it for I keep it for me. I I'll have to watch the movie again because I need to. Let's it's been do a it. while. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. I but yeah, I, re I really, I really, I really dig that. I really, it's start, it's starting to be something, especially because I can't get out and do a lot of like landscape stuff that I've used to used to do a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. Um. So whenever I get out and have a chance to do that, even when I uh, shot a shot one of the the buildings that I'm gonna showcase in the the new series thing, um, even that it was I was still sitting in a parking lot hearing cars drive by, but I just waited because I had a nice sunset that I could watch. So it was nice to uh, to just kind of sit back and relax for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know we're going to be out this weekend at the uh, Anasazi ruins over there, House on Fire ruin, and it's going to have moments where we're waiting for the right moment, or we'll have bad weather, destroy a shot or this. I'm going to try and remember to do that and just enjoy that experience with those that show up and yeah. hang out with us. It's going to be fun. No matter what happens, it's yep. going to be a blast. Yep. Well, thanks, Jordan, for taking so much time to join us today. This was awesome. And yeah. I had a blast. I hope all of you guys feel like you learned a lot of the elements of, compo of, of composing your image. Just even if it's not something that you've never heard before, just remind yourself, you know, in this situation, I can try and get something here in my shot or I need to take away some of these distractions. And if I can, I'm going to pivot around my subject and not give up entirely on my subject. Yeah. It's a good reminder for me, too, because I often forget. Those I do things, it. So. Oh, man, it's I good. do it all the time. So thanks, Jordan. Hey, where can everyone find you and see all your work and keep track of the from the road to full-time video? Uh, you can hit up my main website, which is picturemonk.com, and that has all of the photo editing stuff that I can 
do tutorials on, anything that I can do. Uh, to find my personal work, you can go to photographynorthcarolina.com, and that has all my regular portfolio stuff. Cool. Yeah, and don't forget to go to his photography podcast. He has a Picture Monk podcast. There, He has all his tutorials on there, his videos, his discussions. There's great, great content there. So if you ever run out of stuff, just recently one of our listeners commented that he caught fully up. He had binge listened to everything. He was on the road for a long time, and he listened to everything that we had created. At that point, I recommend you go to something like Photo Taco and enjoy Jeff Harmon and go to Picture Monk and listen to Jordan Younts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an awesome podcast that I hope that someday we can have as many episodes in the top 20 as he has. <laughs> <laughs> I paid the right people. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish it was, well. I wish there was someone we could pay. We make it easy. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks, Jordan. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. Guys, have a good week. See you later. See you guys.